householder, was one of the most powerful politicians in Ohio. As a member of the Big Three, the governor, the Senate president, and the House speaker, he helped determine what bills became law. And Larry loved the view from up on that House dais. I feel good about what I've done and what I've done uh, to protect the people of the state of Ohio and the legislation that we move forward. And I feel proud about all those things. I think that we did what was in the best interest of the people of Ohio. But everything changed on July 21st, 2020. The arrest of one of the most powerful people at the Ohio State House, Larry Householder. FBI agents raided his Perry County farmhouse, and federal prosecutors accused him of being the ringleader in Ohio's largest public corruption scandal in state history. The calls for him to resign were immediate. In this second special episode of Ohio Politics Explained, we're telling the strange and sometimes unbelievable story of how that rural farmer turned political heavyweight found himself on trial for the largest public corruption case in Ohio history. This is episode two, Fall of the House. The indictment against Householder and four other men was long and detailed, and it centered around a piece of legislation called House Bill 6. Without getting too far into the weeds, the law added more than a billion dollars in fees onto the bills of Ohio utility customers. It was supposed to be collected over seven years and go to an Akron-based company called First Energy. The money, according to First Energy, was needed to bail out two nuclear power plants and keep them running. Here's Dave DeVillers, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Ohio at the time Larry was arrested. The conspiracy was to pass and maintain a $1.5 billion bailout in return for $61 million in dark money that were used for various things. One to line the pockets of the defendants. Two, to build a power base for Larry Householder. And three, to further the conspiracy. His office released a criminal complaint from the FBI that was 74 pages long. It had text messages and phone records. It showed millions of dollars moving through dark money groups. It hid identities behind aliases like Executive One and Representative Seven. But DeVillers boiled the whole thing down to one simple idea. Make no mistake. These allegations are bribery, pure and simple. This was a quid pro quo. This was pay to play. It was enough to convince two of the five defendants to plead guilty within a couple of months of their arrests. But neither of them was Larry. Householder believed he was innocent. And he stood behind that now infamous House Bill 6. Absolutely. I think it was great legislation. If there are changes that need to be made to improve it, then I think that that's fine. But I think that it's good legislation. He wanted to keep representing his district while the case worked its way through the courts. Though he did understand why his fellow Republicans had to pick a new speaker. Here he is on the first day back at the State House after his arrest. I think everybody's professional and they understand that 
people have all kinds of challenges in their lives that they have to deal with, and this is something I'm dealing with right now, but that doesn't change my passion for the people of my district or the cause of, of a better Ohio. The new House Speaker, Republican Bob Cup, saw householders' presence in the chamber that day a little differently. Here's what he told reporters. I did not know that he was going to show up. I think it was offensive to many members. And he thought it would be appropriate for Householder to consider resigning. A lot of lawmakers thought he would. Here's Democratic State Representative Casey Weinstein. I thought he would resign. You know, like I'm trying to put myself in those shoes of having such an insane shitstorm all around me and just an absolute blow to your credibility, your trust, your confidence, everything that voters put you into office for being obliterated. You know, if it were me, I would have stepped down immediately. But Larry had no intention of resigning. I've not, nor have I ever, took a bribe or provided a bribe. I have not, nor have I ever, solicited a bribe. And I have not, nor have I ever, sold legislation. Never. Ever. And so these accusations are accusations. And I intend fully to defend myself, and I intend fully to be acquitted. He remained on the ballot for the 2020 election, and he won. Though, to be fair, he was the only person voters could choose. Householder was arrested after the primary. No Republican had challenged him, and no Democrat had registered to run. Candidly, I always thought that was kind of a nonsense talking point. I mean, it's a one-horse race. You know, if I show up at the Olympics and I'm the only one to run the 100-meter dash, I'm going to win. doesn't mean I'm a track star. That's Republican State Representative Brian Stewart. He's from Asheville, and he was a first-time candidate for the State House that year. As soon as Householder was arrested, he had a few questions for his new leader, Bob Cup. Questions like, when are you going to remove Larry from office? All of us candidates were kind of told, well, we can't do it now, but we can do it in January. Why January? Well, Ohio's Constitution has a bit of a quirk when it comes to expelling members of the State House. But rather than have me explain it, I'm going to let Bob Cup, since he used to be a state Supreme Court justice. Well, as you may know, in the Constitution, it says an individual can be removed once, but not twice. And as you know, he is on the ballot unopposed. So I think maybe we don't want to use all our options at one time. Basically, if they expelled him in September and he won re-election in November, they couldn't expel Householder again for the same offense. So Stewart waited. He honestly thought expelling Larry would be one of the first votes he took. I would say towards the end of January, a lot of us were asking the question, you know, are we voting on this? We're having these caucus meetings behind closed doors and he's there. You're seeing the influence, frankly, that he still had in the caucus and sort of who was very eager to continue talking to them. And a lot of us are pretty uncomfortable with that. Two co-defendants had pled guilty. Another died by suicide, and the chairman of the board created to watch over the utility companies had his own home raided by the FBI. Stewart thought that was more than enough evidence. I would talk to some members and they're like, well, I've read the indictment, but I don't see any smoking gun there. And I would try to say, this is not the case, right? This is just the start. When three co-defendants plead guilty, in all likelihood, they're doing so under an understanding that they're going to cooperate. Right. They're going to fill in these gaps. They're going to provide documents. They're going to tell what happened. But he didn't have the votes to expel Householder yet. He made a lot of friends over a lot of time. And I'm not discounting that. I mean, there's some people that 
you know, genuinely really admire him. And I think still do to this day. I'm not one of them, but I don't begrudge somebody who says, you know, I've known him for 30 years and he's been good to my family. We see that with every criminal defendant, right? But I do think there was an unusually high number of those, you know, those people in, in the caucus. January became February. Then we rolled into March and Larry was still a lawmaker. House Bill 6 was proving hard to remove too. The billion dollar bailout for First Energy's two nuclear power plants had been put on pause but not rescinded. Here's Democratic Representative Dave Leland at the time. I'm disappointed, but not surprised. He thought there was a reluctance to do much of anything on Householder or HB6. We had hundreds and hundreds of hours of testimonies about House Bill 6. We know what it stands for. We don't need to study it. We need to repeal it. And we need to send that message to the people of Ohio right now. And they did, sort of. Instead of repealing the legislation, lawmakers rescinded that billion-dollar bailout. The coal subsidies and other provisions remained. And so did Householder. It was frustrating for lawmakers like Stewart. Week after week, Speaker Cup would say conversations were ongoing, and the GOP was still debating what to do. But Democrats like Casey Weinstein didn't think that was quite true. To me, that was a clear, no, they're not. No, they're definitely, definitely not. There's no conversations happening. And we're just going to try to ride this out. April turned into May and May became June. I think it was clearly coming to a head. I think that the Democrats, frankly, were getting tired of waiting. We were getting tired of waiting. And as we, we really started to kind of press leadership on what's the plan? What's a timeline? And at least my interpretation of the feedback was sort of, we think this should be membership driven, not leadership driven. We're not going to help you, but we're not going to stand in your way. And we're not going to criticize you if you choose to go down this path. So if not quite a, a green light, it was a greenish light. And so uh, that's when Representative Frazier and I decided to file the resolution. On June 16, 2020, the Ohio House of Representatives took up a resolution to expel Householder. But a quorum being present, uh, the House will come to order. It had been more than 100 years since lawmakers expelled one of their own, and the tension in the chamber was thick enough to cut. Larry sat in his seat near the back of the room while members of his own party described the way that he and the other four defendants harassed them because of their votes on the nuclear bailout. Here's Republican Kyle Kaler. I know I voted no on House Bill 6. And when I did, I sat in my office the next day after the final vote and started to hear complaints about flyers that were coming into my district after the vote. And I sat in my office listening to an intern answer call after call after call after call about why Kyle Kaler didn't have the courage to vote yes on House Bill 6. He texted Jeff Longstrath, one of those co-defendants, basically asked what the hell was going on. Kaler was mad, sure. But then he saw his text messages in that criminal complaint. The same day after receiving Representative Six angry texts, can you believe that I was angry, Longstrath texted Householder to warn him about what happened in Representative Six district. He didn't call Neil Clark. He didn't call Matt Borges. He didn't call anybody else. He texted the Speaker of the Ohio House. Kaler thought that was enough evidence to expel Householder. 
Others weren't so sure. Ohio's Constitution gives one reason for expelling a lawmaker, and that's disorderly conduct. Republican Bill Seitz didn't think what Larry had done met that definition. The difference between the way I interpret the Constitution and the way some of my colleagues interpret the Constitution is that they believe disorderly conduct means whatever two-thirds of this body says it means on any given Sunday. And I think that's a very dangerous precedent to set. He said it had the potential to become a circular firing squad of our own making. There is no evidence against Larry Householder. There are only allegations, serious allegations, to be sure. Co-defendants have pled guilty, to be sure. But none of that is evidence against Larry Householder because they have not completed discovery in the case, much less have they gone to trial. Stewart disagreed. I don't think that expulsion is something that should be used indiscriminately or, or, or very often. But, you know, this was a big deal. The largest bribery scandal in Ohio history. Bribery, racketeering, money laundering. The standard is disorderly conduct under the Constitution. If those things aren't disorderly conduct, candidly, I don't know what is. Then it was Larry's turn to speak. The chair recognizes Representative Householder. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, I'd like to speak to the resolution, please. Representative may proceed. Householder thanked his wife for supporting him and the people of his district for standing behind him through thick and thin. He told his colleagues that he loved his job and wanted to keep it. It doesn't matter whose name would be in that resolution, whether it's Larry Householder or it's Jane Doe. I would be standing last night and here today in opposition to this resolution. The way to remove a member accused of a crime is through an impeachment hearing, not an expulsion vote. I've ran many businesses in my life, and the fact of the matter is, if you hire someone, you do have the right to fire someone. But in this situation, you didn't hire me. The people of the 72nd District hired me. They looked at my file back in November. They saw all the evidence that was out there at that time, or lack of evidence, and they made a decision. And 72% of the people decided they wanted to return me to this legislature. Undoing their votes was wrong. Taking away the people's vote of the 72nd House District, people that know me very, very well, people that know my family very, very well, they made a decision based on what they know as fact. And you here today are making a decision for them based on not knowing the facts because the facts aren't there yet. Weinstein said defiant was a tame word to describe Householder that day. It was very much a, I have done nothing wrong. There was no sort of mea culpa. There was no recognition of, he was not giving an inch. It felt very Trumpian. But unlike the former president, Householder didn't survive the vote to remove him from office. Question is, shall the resolution be adopted? The House will prepare and proceed to vote. Have all members now voted? The clerk will take the roll. 75 affirmative votes, 21 negative votes. The resolution is adopted and Larry Householder is expelled from the Ohio House of Representatives. And with the strike of a gavel so soft you almost miss it, Larry Householder's career as a state lawmaker came to an end.
It's been about a year and a half since Householder was removed from office. In that time, First Energy admitted to conspiring with public officials and others in a deferred prosecution agreement. The company also fired its CEO back in October of 2020. But after Larry was expelled, they asked Chuck Jones to pay back about three years of compensation. And now, finally, the trial is underway. The case is expected to take at least a month, filled with witnesses and secret recordings and text messages and details about utility pricing and complicated technical terms like decoupling. It's a lot. But Householder still seems to believe he'll walk out of that Cincinnati courtroom a free man. He told reporters this week that he'd been waiting two and a half years to, quote, tell my side of the story, and now I get the chance. He's still convinced his version of events will be seen as the truth. Here's part of his final speech from the Ohio House floor. And someday we'll know the truth. They say the truth will set you free, and I look forward to it. <laughs> 